Welcome to the Spurs News Podcast, your home for all things Spurs. And now, let's join our hosts. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest episode of the Spurs News Podcast. I am Sam. Delighted to say I'm joined by my friend Matt. How you doing, mate? You all right? Uh, are we? Yeah. Are we? Are we delighted in general, though? Or? No, I'm pretty good. Yeah, no, I'm all right. Um, we got two two games to talk about: um, Premier League game against Aston Villa, and last night, as we record this on the 20th of February in the year of our Lord 2020, um, a game against RB Leipzig in the Champions League. Uh, interesting games both um but yeah no i'm feeling okay how are you feeling yeah i think if we're going to stay delighted i think probably focus a little bit more on the villa game to be honest <laughs> well the result anyway yeah the result um yeah. well let's let's start with aston villa then because let's do it in order um we've got two games to talk about the aston villa game to start uh we were victorious away from home we won 3-2 at villa park um what I mean, just as an overall thing, what were your overall takeaways from the game? Do you know what I can tell you? So, um, yeah. now, I'm not a particularly religious person, so okay. But if I was, I know that where I was at about... What time did, what time did it kick off on, on, the, on the Sunday? Uh, it was two o'clock. Two o'clock. So, about quarter past two on that mm. Sunday, I was living what hell would be for me. If I was ever to go to hell... This for eternity. This would okay. be where where I was at about quarter past two. Okay, so I was unfortunately working, and uh, yeah. And for listeners that don't know, I'm a I'm a ticket inspector. I work on the trains, and um, unfortunately, I cover the part that goes past uh, this horrible ground. Yeah, just, just horrible. The, that know. um that library. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I know the one who I know the one you mean. Big place library. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm I'm on the I'm on the I get on the train on the, my train and normally the train I get on is normally about sort of twelve carriages but but over the weekend because of driver shortages and things like that they normally end up with these silly little trains so I was on a four car four carriage train absolutely rammed with Arsenal fans I mean you couldn't Whoa. it was just hot stuffy an old train everywhere you look. Everyone's, you know, everyone's wearing Arsenal shirts. Literally, left, right, and centre. Your Arsenal idea shirts. Is hell, yeah. Sea of red. So yeah. I can't do my job because if it's that busy, I mean, absolutely impossible. So I thought I'd just have a little quick sneak on my phone. Look down. Oh, we've gone one nil down. So we're losing uh, in a football to Aston Villa. I'm surrounded by Arsenal fans in this hot, stuffy train. Maybe yeah. the maybe the cricket will cheer me up a little bit. Let's have a look <laughs> at the, the T20. Oh no, we're getting absolutely walloped by South Africa yeah. at that moment in time. I thought if I go to hell, I will, it will be me trying to press the button to get out that train for yeah. eternity <laughs> yeah no that's yeah that does sound like a, your own personal hell right it was trapped trapped in an ever-lending loop with arsenal fans whilst tottenham are losing losing yeah, yeah exactly and yeah. not even not even the cricket is an out <laughs> yeah not not even that as an out well to, to cheer you up obviously at the end of the day we did win the game and so did england in the cricket well there you go hooray. there you go so thankfully i kind of escaped that hill and yeah, uh, yeah um, I mean, it, in the end, I I just turned my phone off because I look, I'm not the sort of person that suffers from suffers from anxiety, but it was making me anxious. Yeah. And and I just it, I don't know. I know we we talk about this quite a lot, Sam, but it's that kind of 
oh man, Spurs are going to do it again, aren't they? And and I was, I never like when I turned my phone on towards the end, and like obviously I saw the the, the last minute goal. Yeah. Just um, fantastic. You know, yeah. Because yeah, it was one of them games yeah. that was set up, especially with Grealish playing so well, a player that we yeah. missed out on, should've who we should have had, yeah. should have signed him, and there he is having a, playing a blinder for Aston Villa. But yeah, like you know, we won we won the game at the at the end. So you know, it was um, it was a great result. But yeah, performance wise, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I I watched the game start to finish. I mean, Jack Grealish was the best player on the pitch. Um, yeah, I, I wanted. A, I mean, I even put down in my notes for this show that I wanted to mention him uh, just because his value now is uh, with his homegrown status, still young, proven that he can do it in the Premier League. His value must be sixty to eighty million easily. Yeah. Um, I, it's maddening to me <laughs> that that we could have signed him for twenty five million, and we didn't. <laughs> I mean, it's. <clears throat> uh, yeah, I mean, it's absolutely drives me insane. But he he was a standout player. Now, of course, I've I've watched him play a few times this season. And he's always looked really good. Um, I think perhaps in this particular game he had a little bit of a point to prove, a little bit of a kind of a look look at me, you bar stewards. Um, <laughs> uh, because, of course, the thing you've got to remember about the Jack Reader thing as well, which is so easy to overlook, is we really screwed him mm. because he wanted to join us. He wanted to work under Mauricio Pochettino at the time. He made it clear to his club he wanted to go. He cleared out his locker, said goodbye to everybody, and then we lowballed the offer. So basically, the club have gone, "All right, Jack, you can go for twenty-five million." His agent, and everyone's gone like, "Ha, oh, brilliant!" You know, that's you know, it's Tottenham. They'll you know, we'll do the deal. And then we went in uh, fifteen. Yeah. So the guy cleaned out his locker, done everything. And then that happened, and then of course you know Villa then got taken over or got an investment, and that investment led to him being told that we're keeping you for this season, unless they pay forty million, uh, which we were never going to do. But then in deadline day, we did offer twenty five. So it's kind of like if we were willing to spend that on him, why not do it when the deal was there? It's so frustrating, isn't it? It is it's frustrating. So frustrating. And, and then when you watch him run the game like that and you know that he could have replaced Ericsson well one could have provided real competition to Ericsson and our team but two with Ericsson just deciding look I, I want to play abroad we could have sold Ericsson for like 100 million you know a few seasons ago mm-hmm. you know the teams in Spain were lining up for him at that point because of his form teams in Italy would have would have splashed the cash on him as well but definitely teams in Spain We'd have got anywhere between fifty and a hundred, then let's say, um, and you just signed Grealish for twenty-five, younger by a year. Sorry, for a couple of years and homegrown. It's like I, it's, I cannot understand the transfer, the, the the mentality or the thinking. I it's so difficult because even when I when I discussed Daniel Levy and his business acumen, and in a lot of ways he does stuff, but even when you apply business acumen to that transaction it doesn't make sense not to do it mm. what is the absolute you know what's the worst case scenario you're not going to lose money on a player who's everyone's looked at and gone yeah he is that good you're signing him for 25 million pounds he's homegrown if it doesn't work out i mean i, I suppose to a certain extent there's an element of 
been bitten in the past. I remember when we spent big money on David Bentley, and that didn't work out. So I suppose perhaps there's an element of, you know, bitten before, don't want to do it again. I, I don't know, but it's it's maddening to me. It's, when, it's you, di- when you see him play, it's just like what? <laughs> yeah, it's it's difficult, isn't it? Because I, I do see what you mean about the com- the comparison with, with Bentley, mm. uh, and it, there is that risk, isn't there? I understand yeah. to, to an extent, but I mean, I, I think ben, Bentley was just an anomaly. I don't think he was the norm, and you can see no. now how much Grealish is. is he looks like he's been playing Premier League football for yeah. years, doesn't he? Well, you I know? mean, he, he, when Villa were in the Premier League, I mean, he debuted really young and he had all sorts of kind of behavioural issues and stuff like most good young players do. <laughs> um, <laughs> and and then, you know, he played game after game after game in the Championship and the Championship's a tough league. You know, there are some very good players down there, some very good teams, some big clubs in the Championship, some very big football clubs with real history to them. Aston Villa being one of them when they were there. And he he played and played and played and played. And that season we could have signed him. You know, they failed to come up. They had to sell players to, to meet, you know, their financial fair play. You know, they had to. 25 million quid for him was an absolute steal. Anyone who'd watched any of their games in that season, it was like he is head and shoulders above the championship. He is literally the shining light of the division. For twenty five million, I mean, other clubs weren't even in for him because it was such a done deal for us, and that's why I think Daniel Levy thought he could lowball them because of their financial issues and because the player was so set to come as worse, and it just leaves a real bad taste, you know, for all involved. I think Villa for doing any kind of business with us ever again it's probably left a very bad taste. Jack Grealish probably for the rest of his life is going to perform like an absolute hero against us for <laughs> whoever he's playing for because of how pissed he still is. But of course, <laughs> I, I mean, this comes back to my kind of Mauricio Pochettino, Manchester United conspiracy theory with Jack Grealish now is being heavily linked with to the point of it's all done bar the signature at the end of the season, Manchester United. And if you add that to Bruno Fernandes, you add that to the other players that Man United are tracking, it's almost like Mauricio Pochino's shopping list of when he was at Tottenham. Mm. And if if he does then take the Man United job, which everyone seems to expect it to happen in the summer, oh look, all these players that he wanted at Tottenham, he's now getting. I mean, in a certain extent, it put a little bit of pressure on him, I guess, because if he, if he doesn't manage to win a trophy or anything with the squad he's always wanted, then people will ask questions. But Yeah, of course. Um, it's just it's going to be a little bit difficult to watch, from my point of view. It's going to be a bit frustrating, because, of course, if he does get the players he wants and he absolutely dominate, it's going to be a... Yeah. It'll hurt, mate, when it, it will hurt. It will really hurt. Yeah, <laughs> it really hurt. You know, it's... Coming to, I mean, Mauricio in the opposition dugout at the stadium he helped build is going to be a weird thing. Mm, when, mm. Whenever that happens, yeah, him coming there and playing us off the park with Grealish and people like that in his team would just be, yep, here's a wound, rub some salt into it, why don't you? <laughs> uh, uh, but anyway, I've, I've got off topic. Jack Grealish I thought was brilliant, so I wanted a single amount for mention. I, from a Tottenham point of view, I'll I tell you who really impressed me again in the game was... Um, uh, the new boy, Bergwijn. Yeah, yeah, he did look um, good. Yeah. He, 
he he's come in, hit the ground running. Um, during the winter break, he says in air quotes, he did a lot of work in the gym and fitness with coaches. Um, I think he's come over here ready to work, which is great. Um, some some players come over, you know, we're the king of our division, you know, coming from Holland or France and stuff like that. And it is a lower-paced league. It is not as competitive, not as ferocious. And they seem to walk in thinking that they're going to be able to do everything they did there <laughs> here yeah. and get quickly dissuaded of that illusion when they get some idiot like Charlie Adam kicking lumps at them <laughs> for 40 minutes, you know? Um, but, yeah, he's come in. And I'll tell you what, for, uh, you know, my initial perception of, like, a speedster... He's also bloody strong on the ball. Um, yeah. A fair few times I've seen him, like, teams sort of try and go in on him, and he manages to retain possession with, like, close control of the ball really well. Um, mm. So, yeah, I was really impressed with him um, and continue to be, which is great. It's so nice to have a new signing come in and actually do well. Yeah, yeah, to fit in sort of nat- naturally kind of thing. Yeah. But he's he's kind of like, it, I think I saw an article somewhere where they were saying to him, you must work out quite a lot because of his size. But yeah. he just said he's just naturally that kind of bulky is, size yeah. anyway. And that obviously, that's obviously going to help in the Premier League as well because, you know, having that strength, that body strength. Yeah, I think never, so. Yeah. Yeah, he's like it's like if Aaron Lennon did steroids. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> just, just that little bit bulkier. Um, but yes, he's he's rapid as well. Um, yeah. But the thing that impressed me is he's rapid with the ball at his feet mm. because it was a couple of times um, in the game last night as well as well as against Aston Villa when he gets that yard to get away from someone he powers forward. And that has got to be such a lift for the team, you know. Yeah, just course. to see a guy take the ball forward like that, it's going to take a little bit for um, for everyone to get used to it. Because against Villa, especially, man, we wasted so many chances. I I cannot put in the words how bad the defending was for both teams. Okay, it's just like you know. Um, I don't know if you've ever uh, played any sort of competitive where you do training drills. We're like, okay, we're doing defense versus attack, or okay, we're now doing a drill which is literally just attack. Yeah. So both teams, you've got no defenders, <laughs> rush back keepers, and the emphasis on moving the ball and scoring goals. Go. It was like that because <laughs> neither team's defense were bothering. <laughs> it was, I mean, Toby looked leggy, and then after the game. Openly admitted, you know, my son was born. I travelled eight hours to get here and went straight into play. It's like, okay, um, yeah, I can understand why you look leggy. Um, Sanchez played well um, in a real kind of bloody hell, how much work am I going to have to get through today Mm. (laughs) Um, way. Uh, Lloris had one of his, you know... I like Hugo Lloris. I think he's a great shot stopper and he's been a fantastic goalkeeper for us. But you know how now he has one of those games where it's like he won't catch the ball? Yeah. yeah. And he'll try and punch or he'll come and then not come and you just know the defender's like, seriously, Hugo? <laughs> you can have mm. one of those days today. And he and he did. He just had like his complete indecision led to the Toby own goal. Uh, Hugo came, shouted mine, Toby like did that, you know, like when defenders like shield the attacker so the keeper can come out and get it. Can't get it, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> he came, shouted, then went back. So Toby had to stick his leg out and of course scored an own goal, which, as you as you can imagine, went down really well. Um, and then you've got um, later. I mean, so many corners 
Um, he he just either stood on his line when he should have come and claimed the ball, or came and tried the punch, completely missed it a couple of times. Uh, the commentators were talking about, you know, oh, well, there is a bit of wind out there today, but, you know, it didn't seem to affect any other aspect of the game. Mm. <laughs> so mm. he, ju- he just had one of his days. I mean, last night against Leipzig, he was fantastic. So, you know, it's one of those things. And we did win the game, so screw it. Uh, but yeah, mate, we wasted so many chances in this game. You, you'd have been, if you'd have been following it on your phone, <laughs> like just checking it, chance, miss, chance, miss. You, you'd have, yeah, you'd have been throwing your phone. Well, that's, I, even just looking at the highlights, I mean, the amount of chances we had. But it's incredible, isn't it, to think that so many chances fell to Sonny, and we were like, mm. you know, he put two away, and obviously yeah. missed quite a few. But he played that whole game with a broken arm, which is uh, insane. Yeah, which is absolutely, absolutely. insane. <laughs> I mean, that was one of the things I was going to come on to, yeah, and one of the real dark sides of it. I mean, he played the game. I mean, I read some of this the other day. He basically wasn't sure, just felt, you know, just didn't feel right, thought it was like a bruising or something, and then they've taken him for an x-ray and it's broken. Insane. Absolutely insane. Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of like, you know, I'll bandage it up, I'll go back on. It's like, no, (laughs) no, no, (laughs) no, no, Sonny. Yeah, um... So, yeah, that was kind of... I mean, yeah, Sonny has broken his arm and could well be out for the rest of the season. Just kind of feels very Spursy right now. Um, Kane out. Okay, well, Son scored six in five. Don't worry, guys, we got this. Oh, he's broken his arm. All right. Okay, you know, the next thing you know, you're sort of expecting Troy Parrott to get bird flu, you know? (laughs) Absolutely struck down with it. It's been mad, but... Um, I want to wish Sonny all the best because obviously uh, such a such a nice guy um, really and um, he's been such a fantastic player for us he's having to have surgery he he um, and sort of other rumours around is he seems to think he's going to be back in a few weeks um, playing in like a small cast um, I just see, this Jose is, this... doesn't seem to think so no. but this is my see. I don't know if this is my ignorance, Sam, and, and I know you've, you're kind of uh, more familiar with injuries, especially. I know rugby's oh, you yeah. know your sport, <laughs> but I, I look. I just might be completely ignorant to this, but yeah. I, I understand that you know you need you need the, to get the, the the arm in a cast and everything. But yeah. surely you can still play football. I don't. I, like, uh, what am I missing? It, no, well, it's massively, massively down to whether the injury could be exasperated or worsened by any impact. I right. mean, yeah, you don't need your arm to play football, but have you ever tried to run with one arm? You look you look like a crazy person, for <laughs> one. But if you, if you ever tried to do, you know, shield the ball, you know, you think about all the movements they do on a regular basis with their arms. Mm. All it would take is one defender to grab his arm and yank it, and all of a sudden he's... It's in worse, trouble and back know. in hospital. So, mm. so yeah, they, they have to make an assessment on that. You know, someone volleys the ball at it. Is his arm going to suddenly be in a lot of trouble? <laughs> yeah, so so they have to make an assessment. I think him as a player, he'd stick that, you know, cast on that they're allowed to wear and get out there. But mm. you've got to trust the the doctors on it, really. Um, the the It's a bit like with Harry Kane and the, the rumours that he's so far ahead of his rehab... Look, like for me, I don't like that. I, I genuinely worry that this guy's going to absolutely knacker himself by constantly trying to push himself to come back. 
Yeah, Kane's, Kane especially. I mean, every time he gets injured, yeah. every time he gets injured long term, he always comes back earlier than expected, doesn't he? Yeah, every he single does. time. Every time, man. And yeah. it's not, um, you know, because I, I read I read the other day, quite funny, I, I'm a Star Trek fan, and there was this famous thing from Star Trek, the chief engineer, Scotty, who, who teaches one of the other engineers who says, oh, I can get that done in a few days. And he says, oh, and how long will it really take? He says, well, a few days. He says, oh, you don't tell them that. Tell them <laughs> double. So when you get it done in a couple of days, they think you're a miracle worker. <laughs> so there was kind of like this Harry Kane's like, oh, he's going to be out for six months. And when he comes back in free, which is what it would have been anyway, he's like, I'm a hero. Super, Superman. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Look at me. <laughs> but no, unfortunately, it's not that. It is genuinely, this is how long this injury should take to rehab and he done it's in his nature he 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 can't sit and accept that and that is why he's so good he didn't you know for years we're sending him on loan to Norwich Mill and all these places he could have just accepted he was going to be signing for a league one or a championship team he didn't accept that he worked and worked and worked and worked and got his chance and took it and then he realized to keep to stay where I am I need to keep working and that's all he's ever done and so when it comes to an injury I think that part of him just kicks back in again it's like okay all right well I'll work yeah, <laughs> and I'll keep yeah, working yeah. I mean I, I'm fortunate enough that back before proper famous unlocked the account to other people I follow his missus on Instagram on like her original account and they went he went on like this warm weather training thing and she's basically there with like the kids sat on this beach, like looking all happy. And in the background, you can see him working with a physio. Right. <laughs> and basically, the captions like "loving the sunshine" and just like every picture's got Harry in the background looking fuck, like drenched in sweat. Yeah, yeah. Um, where he's obviously been working, and she's just there like another margarita, poor boy. <laughs> yeah, she's treating it as a holiday. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> did like, you did oh. you see uh, did you see Sam? I don't know. If this this might be an old clip, or it might be a recent one, mm. uh, where Van der Vaart's been interviewed. And he's talking about Harry Kane. Have you seen yeah. this one? And he says about uh, what he thought of, of him when he when he first. Oh he was, yeah, he didn't rate him. <laughs> yeah, he actually says he say he was shit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, awful. But, Couldn't but, finish. No, uh, could hardly that, move. Yeah, but that just shows you, doesn't it? And it's, yeah, that, that, that just sums up yeah. your point that yeah. you know, he, he, if he hadn't, if he, he's not such a hard worker, if he's not so dedicated, yeah. then he probably wouldn't have been anywhere near the level he is now. No, you know, he's, he's never a natural. He was never a Paul Gascoigne born with a football no, on his feet. No, you know, so. No, and it's it's also the X factor when it comes to academy prospects that a lot of people forget. Because I know some people watch our young players come through and they either write them off straight away or build them to the point that they can never actually live up to that expectation they've been given. And Harry Kane like really proved the point to me because I, I watch a lot of the Academy stuff, I follow a lot of it, and like I watched Harry <laughs> live a fair few times and my opinion was just like well, he's going to end up at South End, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. in the nicest possible way. He, he was, you know, that's, he's got no, no future. That's the, I've, he's another Lee Barnard, and if you followed the Tottenham Academy over the years, you'll know exactly what I mean by that. Um, so it, it was to me like when he got his chance in the Europa League and he started scoring. I mean, I was just on this absolute wave of love with it because it was this is great. This this kid who doesn't really belong here is <laughs> yeah. doing it but then he worked and worked and you remember there was like um i think it was the second proper season so he'd been given the number 10 shirt i think he had number 18 for a season 
he had like 37 when he came through. Then it was number 18 for a season. And then the next season he was given the number 10 shirt. And he came back shredded. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Right. And it yeah. was like everyone was just like, whoa, has Harry been in the gym all summer? <laughs> and it was basically just he worked and worked. And it's like, okay, right. So I've got to the dance now. Now what do I need to do to stay here? Right. Yeah. I know. I, I need to be faster. I need to be this. I need to be that. And I mean, it's that at work ethic. You, it's an X factor. You cannot, when you just watch kids play at youth level, you cannot see the work that goes on, like the additional training. Like Van der Vaart, you know, trained with him a few times, just like, oh, he's crap. <laughs> and then left training. But what he didn't see was that Harry was staying on afterwards yeah. and working and working. Like Clive Allen was one of the coaches there at the time, and he said he'd like take a load of the bags of balls and just hammer shots, you know, work on his finishing for hours mm, <laughs> afterwards. Yeah. And that's, that, you know, left foot and right foot as well. Because that's the thing that makes him so clinical. In the box, is he is left foot, right foot, head. He can do any of it, you know, yeah. in the box especially. And that's why keepers don't know how to set against him. That's why defenders don't know, you know, okay, push him onto his left. Oh, crap, he just hammered it. Mm, <laughs> he's he's got yeah. in. You know, all right, well, just try, and, just try and stop him. Try and block him, all right? He's waited on the edge of the box and he's hit one from 30 yards. Bloody hell. Um, so, yeah, he's a phenomenal footballer. and But it is the work. It is absolute effort constantly. But it does worry me with injuries. I'm not going to lie. It does worry me that this phenomenal player for Tottenham could end up not hitting the heights he should hit because of injuries. And I do think one of the things the club can do, and it's, it's funny because I think Harry be not somebody who'd like this, but one of the things the club can do is make sure we have another bloody striker in the squad. Yeah, that'd be nice, wouldn't it, to be fair? <laughs> well, you know, he, he picked up this injury over Christmas and he should not have started and tried to play every minute of every game you know no other team in the no other top six team let's put it that way did that mm. you know Salah was rotated you know Firmino uh, Mane you know they didn't play a game together those three over Christmas it was like total rotation in with the other players um, Man City you know Aguero sat on the bench for two of the games you know yeah, Jesus was playing and stuff and you just you don't you don't see it at any other club, and the only other club that did do it was Manchester United with Marcus Rashford, and look what happened. Mm. He got injured as well. Mm. It is it's so frustrating. <laughs> it's so so frustrating because I I want him to break every record with this club. I want him to lift trophies with this club, and I kind of have that horrible sinking feeling in my stomach right now that it's just like slipping away like you know he's 26 turning 27 I don't know uh, it's, I've probably gone too far on this now but I've just got that horrible feeling like with every major injury it feels like you're knocking a bit of time off his time with us if that makes sense yeah no I, I, I get that I get that it, it's, it's arguments for both sides isn't it I, I mean obviously it's coming to the fore recently with not having that second strike obviously with Sonny now being out yeah but it's it's just such a difficult one. You've got the argument from one side, haven't you, that, you know, who are we going to attract knowing that if Kane's fit, then they're not playing, you know? Mm. But at the same time, I, I, I think, for me, and I know this was obviously split opinion, and I know you wasn't too keen on it, but someone like Giroud probably would have been quite a good signing for us, I think. I know yeah, it never I happened. Mean, the, but the, that... issue, the only issue I have with that is that, you know, he's Arsenal. He's an Arsenal 
boy. I mean, the same issue, one of the issues I had when we signed Serge Aurier. Mm. It's like you're bringing in a player who's literally a mercenary. <laughs> he's mm. coming in, he's earning his money, but his love is for our literally our fiercest rivals. I, I, you know, I never feel, you know, you, yeah, you can argue they're professional sportsmen, and you're quite right. And I think Giroud could have come in, and I think if we had signed him, he would have definitely given us uh, some goals. Uh, I think he would have scored goals for us. I mean, he, he popped up and got one the other day, I think. Or you know, he's he's a player who was proven in the Premier League, and it would have been logical. I wouldn't have liked it, <laughs> but it was a perfectly logical, good, solid signing. But the argument around Kane and, and signing someone who come in. We're playing against RB Leipzig, you know, the game we're going to come on and talk about now. And probably their best attacker, striker, is Timo Werner, mm. who's a phenomenal player. And he can play as a 9, a 10, or wide as a forward, like Sonny. He can play wide either side. He's taller than Sonny, he's sort of stronger. He looks more like a 9, but he's so quick, he can play in the wide forward positions. To me... That's a guy to sign. That is a proven striker of quality that can not only play up top, but can also play in the same team as Kane and provide competition to four different places in the side. You know, if we want to talk about formations and adaptability, imagine having a side where, you know, Kane has got all the ability in the world to drop deeper. You know, he could drop into that 10 role and knock the ball around for fun and create stuff for fun and if they give him space hit shots that fly into the top corner for fun you want to have someone with pace and real kind of push the line back if you see what I mean yeah of course and if you add that you could sign a player like that then you're not you know you're not kind of sitting him on the bench every week and there will be times you'll be on the bench there'll be times where Kane's on the bench because you're playing four competitions. You don't need to play 90 minutes of every single game. You just don't. And, you know, you, you play, you know, you draw, uh, again, with the greatest respect in the world, Darlington in the FA Cup. We should have enough to beat them without Kane having to play the whole game. <laughs> yeah, no, do, do you know what, Sam? That, that makes perfect sense. It does make perfect sense. And and by doing that, by not playing Kane in every game, yeah. then... It, it reduces the risk of him getting these serious mm-hmm. injuries that he seems to get every season. Big time, yeah. yeah. And, and that's it. You think about the competition he's had at Tottenham for the striker berth um, since he emerged. The Soldado and Adebayor. Um, Vincent Janssen didn't really provide any. Uh, Lorente literally didn't provide him competition, but was just a backup. Yeah. You know, there was, there was never a time when both of them were fit that you looked at it and went... Ooh, maybe Lorente for this one. Mm. <laughs> it was always yeah. Kane. It was always yeah. Kane. If you sign someone like that, Timo Werner, there will be games where you might look at it and go, Do you know what? Both of them in this game, you know, we're playing against the team that we should dominate. Let's go two up. Let, you know, let's go right after them. Let's really stretch them. Or there might be a game where you look at it. And because here's the thing as well, it's like about fitness. Sports science is such a big thing now, especially in football where they look at the data for these players and they can look at them and go, you know what, you are carry- you know, I know you feel okay, but all of our data is telling us, you know, you're at a risk of an injury right now. So mm. in this next game, you're going to rest. And and you know, it's such a massive thing and you know, they came out like Jose Mourinho said so many times recently. He's like, I've got all this data, all this information on my players. 
telling me they need the rest. They need, they, you know, they can only play so many minutes. But I've got no choice. There's nothing like I could do about it. Yeah. There's like nothing. Yeah. I, you know, I'm trying to. You know, Undombele and Lamella came on last night and were awesome. But we're we're awesome because they can only go for twenty minutes at a minute. So mm. they came on and were just, you know, went hell for leather for twenty minutes. If they'd started the game, they possibly would have started for twenty minutes like that and then looked dead <laughs> because yeah, yeah. they just don't have it in them to to mm. play at that level at the moment. Mm. And and so it's it's so so frustrating. And I can completely understand it, but from a from a squad point of view, from a going forward point of view, if if the ambition is to genuinely win things, there isn't a side in the Premier League who doesn't have a genuine striker option for their main guy. There just isn't. Mm. And but at the same time, there isn't a team that isn't weak. You know, Man City, I don't think are as big a goal threat without Aguero. You know, Liverpool, I don't think are as big a goal threat without Mane, to be honest with you. I, I rate him higher than Salah. I know some people won't agree with me, but I do. Um, and Tottenham aren't as big a goal threat without Harry Kane. It's just, you know, but that's the way it is in the world for all the best teams ever. You know, the best team in the world football ever was that Brazil team that Pele was in. You take Pele out of it, it was still a bloody good team, but it wasn't yeah, of course. as good, <laughs> you know? Mm. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know, man. I, I, there is no simple solution to it, because, of course, a guy like Timo Werner, that's, I think it's about 40 million is release clause. Um, well, every club in the Premier League wants him. Chelsea, Liverpool, Man United. Um, uh, just to rub it in, by the way, we were offered Timo Werner three years ago for 9 million, and we turned it down. Oh mate, look, she's just—I'm getting more <laughs> just, and more depressed the just, more we talk. Just, to be honest, just so, just so everybody knows that because um, we turned it down, uh, we offered five, um, and it didn't go anywhere. Uh, one of our fellow admins, Dan Beecroft, loves him. I mean, we talk about him on a regular basis. He's such such a good player, and we've tracked him ever since that story because me and Dan were doing Spurs news. Ever since that happened, we've kind of tracked him because we, we basically didn't go ahead with it because he was quite young and there was this kind of, uh, we're not sure about him, you know, bit of a bit of a lad at times, but off-field stuff. You know, we're just not sure, so we're not going to go ahead at 9 million quid. And then you look at him now and he's, I mean, he's phenomenal. He's just you, such a good player. I was going to say, Sam, you're creating so many Levy haters just on this one episode of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Yeah, oops. <laughs> I, I mean, the thing is, I, I think people who listen to us on a regular basis know I don't have an agenda or a horse in that race at all. Um, I, I try and judge each uh, his actions, the manager's action, players on each individual circumstance. And Daniel Levy's done some phenomenal stuff for this football club. His legacy will live on forever with, the, with his tenure. But there are definite things that need to be criticised and definite things the club need to do better. Mm. And one of them is around transfers. Because you cannot talk openly about this ambition to win things, but then you know tie your tie your manager's hands behind his back. It doesn't work. No, absolutely, and and that's the problem, isn't it? You know, we as fans, we we want to see Spurs move up to the next level, but yeah. it cannot happen with the way things are at the moment. Tra- transfer policy, well, it just can't. It's no, impossible, it can't. isn't it? It is, yeah. and and after. Five years of Mauricio Pochino doing everything he possibly could with what he had, surely, surely, the penny must have dropped. <laughs> Not that we have tried this, 
you know, Enoch have owned the club for countless years and have picked up what a, a league cup. Mm. So the policy doesn't yield trophies. You know, there's just no two ways about it. It just doesn't. So they have to look at it and say, or I suppose from their point of view, what it has yielded is phenomenal profit and what will be a fantastic return on their investment. From our point of view as fans, I think we're looking at it going, well, you tell us you want to win stuff, but your actions don't back it up. That, that's that's there may lie the problem though. To be fair, and I, I understand that Levy's a Spurs fan, isn't he? He's a Spurs he is, fan. Yeah, yeah. But if, if the cold hard reality of it is that they're a company, like you say, making a lot of money. Yeah. So although they might talk a good game and promise us fans that they're trying to win us trophies, do they necessarily care? You well, know? No, and, that, and that's that's key. I mean, uh, no. <laughs> the, yeah. the the cold hard fact is no. Yeah. But very few owners do, reality. But the thing is, my counter-argument is, and it's what I've made several times on this, is like people talk about, well, you know, profits over glory and stuff like that. Glory equals profits. And this is the thing that I struggle with from a business acumen point of view. There is a well-known business saying that everybody in the world knows speculate to accumulate. And it comes from you have to invest to earn more you know if i if i um if i my business is doing well and i want to open another office i've got to rent or buy a premises i've got to take on staff all of that is cost but by doing that i increase my client bank you know increase all of everything and after initial hit i'll earn more money because i've got that second base that second operation second shop if you like so you look at manchester united who who fortunately had their real successful era just as money went big. You know, Premier League came in. You know, imagine if Premier League money had come in during our most successful era, you know, in the 60s. We'd be monstering it up. But, you know, Manchester United, it happened. And off the field, they capitalised on that massively, you know, around the world. You know, Premier League was being broadcast globally. English football was a brand and the best team in that league was Manchester United, which meant that every kid in America or Asia, you know, was wearing a Man United Afri- shirt. Africa as well, yeah. yeah I Africa, mean, that's, yeah. It's, it's a classic example of it is um, them so- signing Igalo uh, on a on a on a, a short term deal mm. when when he was asked on transfer deadline day. I know because it was we had shown some interest, I think. Yeah. And uh, he, he said, "I'm not signing for anyone but Man United." You know, yeah. they were the club that I've followed when I was a boy. I dreamt of playing for Man United, you know, so yeah. they were massive, massive, weren't they? Massive, massive club, and it's like people talk about, you know, Man City and Chelsea, you know, all that money's been pumped into them and the, the, the amount they can spend. Man United can do that without any of that investment. Absolutely, yeah. they They have got still the biggest revenue stream of any team in Europe. You know, uh, them and Real Madrid kind of fight it out for it every now and again. But in reality, it's Man United. And that was all built on success. So profits from glory. Because if they'd been a bang average mid-table team, a la what Tottenham were during that time, do you think they'd have any of this? Mm. No, not at all. They'd be struggling. They'd be trying to do it, you know, their own way. Someone might have bought them, of course, and, you know accelerating them to the top like with Chelsea or Man City but with with us you've got to accept 
the you know okay we are where we are we've had to build we've had to do it slowly um we've got the stadium we've got the training city you know all of this stuff that have been a constant thing from enoch of you know we are investing look we've spent 100 million here we've spent 200 million there 100 percent get it the club has spent money on all of this so the club is now bigger it's commercially you know around the world all of that you cannot fault them for the, their efforts in every aspect of that is phenomenal and we are a bigger club because of that investment and because of the work they've done but I support a football team so I want to watch football and I want my football team to do well and play well I, I, I can only speak for me but love our stadium, it's beautiful but we got to have a football team. You you mm. you got to invest in it because if you don't, what are we? You know, it's like living in a mansion but having no money. Yeah, of course. It, it doesn't yeah. make sense. Yeah, no, I completely get what you're saying, Sam. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, I I obviously like you know I I go to quite a few games and yeah, yeah. you know, I I I I know we've spoken about you know the way we're playing at the moment and and the squad and. You know, I'm I'm hoping that that we that we we build build and you know have hmm. Mourinho. It, it, his form in previous clubs tells me it's not going to happen. But you know, if we had him for a few years, built a successful era at the club, then fantastic. Hmm. Yeah. But there's been so many games that I've watched recently where I thought exactly the same. I'm like, we've got this amazing stadium and like you know everything's in place. But look at the team that. Enter- or you know, in, in air quotes, entertaining us. You yeah, know, well, it's not entertaining at all. I mean, uh. there's. I think I can count on one hand the number of games where I've enjoyed the way we've played this season. Um, mm. uh, which isn't just Jose. You know, this this isn't an attack on Jose at all. By the way, because I uh, massively, massively loved the Mauricio Pochettino era at Tottenham. Um, I didn't want him to go. I felt that all of the things that were going wrong were due to the club's inactivity in the transfer market, not him. But it's happened. It's it's done. You know that is done. That is in the past. Jose Mourinho is our head coach, and I am finding it a little bit tough how much people want to attack him because he came in. We were in the bottom half of the table. Squad morale shot to pieces. Really, really, you know, a mess. Not playing well. You know, it's not like the team were playing okay. You know, everything like that, and he's come in and we've gone downhill. We're still not playing well. You know, it's still not got any same. worse, has it? Yeah, <laughs> it's certainly not got any worse. The only thing that's happened is we are grinding out results now. Mm. You know, Sonny did grab us a last-minute winner against Aston Villa, and that wasn't happening you know mm. at all so it, it's kind of strange to me that people want to attack him he is working with Mauricio Pochettino's squad yeah he's had January and he did do work you know to try and shift stuff uh, players some were left out um, you know he brought in Steven Bergwijn we can all look at it and go oh you know should have signed a striker stuff like that. that's not down to Jose <laughs> mm. trust me he wanted to sign a striker and now we're in this position of we know the summer's coming up. It's going to need to be a big summer. It's got to be with players going and players coming in because it needs to become his squad. And until it does, judging him is really unfair. And there seems to be this real... Something I didn't really think about before we appointed this kind of super coach. People really want to beat him. 
or the press really want to see him lose. And I find it really tough. And like every game I watch, the narrative from the pundits is this manager versus Jose, the you know the old guard. He, he's mm. like he's been written off by everybody. It's, it's like he's ninety and he hadn't managed a team in twenty years, and he's come back from the wilderness. In reality, he won two trophies at Man United, and he hated it there. <laughs> you yeah. know? He took that job and did the best of his ability, won two trophies, and didn't like it out there at all. Was living in a hotel. His family was still in London, and yet he was successful, more successful than the manager they got there now. Who they like and more successful than the manager they're desperate to a point you, you, I still love but I'm just pointing out the facts if people want to judge a team's success on trophies that are winning he still won two up there FA Cup and the Europa League which are not easy trophies to win I know there's a lot of luck involved in the FA Cup from the draw definitely but the Europa League is a we've been in it enough it is a mm. nightmare competition. <laughs> oh, of course, yeah, yeah. Uh, if you've won that, you bloody deserve praise. You, you know, you deserve pl- plaudits because that is not an easy competition to win. And he won it with them. And still, people are like, he's crap. He's, <laughs> I, I don't get it. I, I just, there was a real, I know sometimes people go, oh, there's a real narrative against us. But against Jose, there really is. Yeah, I, th- I think part of it is—I don't know if it's a, if it's a, a, a cultural thing in this country or just a general general thing, you know, of human nature. But you, you tend to find so much that you know people want the underdog to, to win all the time, don't yeah, they? So, so, so if someone like Mourinho, who's won everything, whoever play, like whoever is against him, typically is the underdog. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, and 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 also you tend to find again, this is just. a general thing that I've kind of seen in my lifetime but people don't like successful people so like you know if, if there's like millionaires and stuff they're the ones that normally get attacked the most because yeah. I guess it makes the person who's not a millionaire feel better if they, if they, if they can find fault in someone who's really successful yeah. when they're not yeah, successful no, it, ma- it yeah. makes them feel better so I think he's yeah. always going to he's always going to come a is going to come across a lot of uh, negativity yeah. from people. But don't don't but, get me wrong. I don't think it bothers him in the slightest. No, it doesn't. I, he doesn't I, give, well, I mean, the no. guy's on thirteen million pound a year. I mean, he's just yeah. laughing at anybody that's take, that's attacking him. And and I, and I I genuinely think, and I know there's been a, a lot said about it, uh, especially now Sonny's off uh, for, for looks like mm. the rest of the season. He's I don't know. Look, I, this is just what I'm what I've heard, and whether it works or not, whether it's going to work, I don't know, but. It's almost like they're they're saying that he's going to build this siege mentality at Spurs now. It's yeah. like, look, there's so much going against us. We've lost yeah. the yeah. two main. Like, I mean, I know Sonny's not necessarily a striker, but he has been playing as a striker. Well, he's, we've lost he's our, our t- main goal threat. Him yeah, so we've definitely. yeah, so we've lost our two main goal. You've literally just. It's like Liverpool cutting off Mane and Salah, isn't it? Exactly. That is right, literally yeah. what we've lost. He actually said that post match last night. Yeah. He said, "Imagine Liverpool without Mane, Salah." He said, "Imagine." Um, Madrid and Barcelona about Suarez and Messi. Yeah, that's what it is. So, so you wonder whether that that mentality now, that siege mentality of look, nothing like so much has gone wrong with uh, with, with our luck at the moment. Yeah. We've got everyone trying to find fault in us. You know, let's just use that as a as a way of just driving us forward and and you know hopefully winning maybe winning something like the FA Cup this season yeah. you know no I, I completely agree with you and he he seems to revel in that the kind of everyone's against us come on you know let's, let's create this siege mentality yeah. but yeah. 
Um, talking just uh, you know, last night we did lose the game. We lost to RB Leipzig in the first leg of the Champions League. Um, obviously that means they got an away goal as well, which is disappointing. But it's only one nil. You know, you go there and win. One nil, two two one. You know, we're through. So, just think Ajax, mate. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, it can happen. The, the game's not over. You know, I think anyone who watched the game last night will have a certain feeling of, yeah, we don't have a goal threat, and it's true, we don't. Um, and it is, it was tough to watch at times last night. Us playing with two banks of four, and then Deli and Lucas sat in front of that, trying to chase the ball down. It just. It didn't seem to matter how hard the team worked. When we won the ball back, we had nothing. Mm. It was like, what do we do with it now? Because everyone's, you know, there's eight of us around the ball. Um, we try and just lump it forward. Their defenders are just going to bring it back to us. It, it was so frustrating to watch. It felt like Jose sent the team out there and went, right, let's show the board we don't have a striker. Mm. Mm. <laughs> and, and just, it was awful. And he set us up to try and counter attack and it was the right when you look at the players available it was the right call but it was just so crap to watch mate the, op- the opening five minutes they had two shots on goal two efforts that they hit the post Lurice, didn't they yeah, yeah mm. not long after that mm. um, without Lloris we, we'd been 2-3-0 down at half time easily easily 2-3 down um, I mean we hit the post and the Chelsea free kick which is where you know, it was where we had any threat. A corner or a free kick was like the only chance, really. Creating something in open play was really difficult, really difficult. And we had to be super clinical. And if we don't get me wrong, like against Ajax away, we, we weren't creating chances, but we just took the three. We, you know, <laughs> Lucas took three chances and that was it. We go there and replicate that. We can win the game, definitely. Yeah. But I just, I don't know. It's just so difficult. So do you, so I know obviously what Mourinho said about uh, Delhi's uh, tantrum when he got yeah. subbed. But that kind of plays into what you're saying then, that he was just frustrated with, with how it, how the game was going as opposed to well, being he, frustrated about being taken off. I think I was, I was listening to Genus on commentary, who, by the way, was a real asshole last night. I don't know. Yeah, I think he. I think he tried. I think what my thoughts are with him is that he. I think he is Spurs, but he just tries too hard to be. Um, what do you call it? Like to be uh, to try and show that he's unbiased. Yeah, unbiased. That's it. So by well, trying to be, he, was, but he goes too far the other way. I think. Yeah, he was an ass last yeah, night. He was yeah. being critical of things that weren't there to be critical for. And don't get me started on Gary Lineker. I don't want to chin know, him at the yeah, minute. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he. he basically pointed out that I think 10 minutes after he went off the pitch he was still our leading distance covered player in the game he ran himself into the ground and then he got shaken off and the other thing with Delhi at the moment as well can anyone remember a game he finished the 90 minutes no there hasn't been one is there (laughs) I think that's starting to get to him (laughs) Mm. you know he is constantly being hooked and it is I I would always rather a player look angry at coming off than a player come off and just look like, oh, well, I don't care, I'm getting paid. Yeah. 
Um, Absolutely. He 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 wants you know he wanted to be on the pitch, and I'd also much rather a player come off and look angry than have like the situation with Jan Vertonghen, where I genuinely was worried for him. Yeah, I mean that, that's the thing as well. You know, you was talking earlier about you know we was talking about Giroud and uh, you know mercenaries coming to the club. Yeah. That attitude that Delhi showed wasn't oh, the attitude yeah, of a mercenary, not. was it? That's yeah, someone who really yeah, was bothered he, about coming he, off, you know? Yeah, he cares. He, he wants yeah. to play. He wants to find his best form. And he was in a impossible situation where he was just chasing shadows for like 60, 70 minutes. I mean, the guy ran himself in the ground. And every time he got the ball, he had three people on him. It's like there were yeah. people in the ground groaning when he lost it. And you're like, well, what the hell do you expect him to do? He is literally getting surrounded and kicked, and he has got nobody to pass the ball to. Uh, it's like, other than some sort of miracle run, there's nothing he can do. And, and yeah, so I was finding that a bit frustrating. I felt for him, to be honest with you. Um, I completely understood his thing. And also, it kind of demonstrates how quickly the kind of rumour mill crap can fly around at live games. Um, within seconds of him coming off, there were hundreds of tweets. Delhi threw his boot at somebody. Yeah, yeah. And it was like, oh, bloody hell, really? Oh, dear. That's, you know, with all the crap he's had recently, that's a really stupid thing to do. And then there's like a video and you see him like, sorry, a picture that started going around where you can see him about to launch this boot. And there's loads of people sat behind him filming him. And I'm like, oh, just watch the game. Yeah. Put your phone away. Watch the game. What are you doing? You're literally filming, hoping to capture something or to hear something. So you're supposed to be there as a fan. <laughs> so, you, so you're showing your age now, Sam. Because yeah, you know always. it's it's something that's for for youngsters. It's just how it is now. And yeah. and you know I'm going to say my, my wife keeps saying to me all the time. I says you're deliberately be. Be, trying to be a middle-aged dad which I am I am a middle-aged dad yeah. and she's like you keep playing on it but things things like that like are something that, that's alien to us yeah. you, you know like we, I'm used to going to games and and watching it but now like you see things like people filming themselves to film their reactions yeah. you know and it's it's something that just it's it's the it's the internet culture now that you yeah, know if you, if you if you it goes people like you know apps that you can put things on like that but I, I I'm like you. I think go to the game and just watch the game. You know, yeah, enjoy I, it. I, you know, I, I like the last game I was at. My phone didn't leave my pocket till half time. Yeah, well, I, I can't do that because you lot always messaging on the Spurs news. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so well, to, to I keep thinking, fair, what have I missed? To be fair, mate, you normally have to message me to find out what happened with a VAR. Yeah, I know. Do, yeah. do you know? Do you know so what? I'm, I'm in the ground. Need your help. What happened there? Yeah, yeah and, and it's funny. And I, I know I've mentioned this before, and it, I know I've mentioned this before on, a pod, on one of our podcasts, and it is ridiculous. Even I get embarrassed thinking about it, but because I'm because again I'm relatively you know new with the season with the season ticket yeah. uh, having my season ticket honestly the amount of times that it vibrates I'm like what what am I going what have I missed because I'm used to watching it on a on a on yeah. a, a, a what do you call it on a um a, a stream somewhere and it's yeah. normally about a minute late and I know you're always ahead of me yeah. Matt you're at the game like, yeah, yeah. you're Dude, getting it before anybody you, else you are, you are literally <laughs> you should be updating me yeah well, it's, it's normally me and Dan going backwards and forwards arguing over stuff. Or I know you've really me up. Honestly, it's brilliant. And sometimes when it, when it is a delay game, I actually just find watching you two converse yeah, with each other yeah, more entertaining yeah. than the actual game. Like, you know what the fuck is that? <laughs> yeah, did you see that? Yeah, I saw it. Oh, what the fuck is he doing? And then whoever was slagging off will score. We're like, yeah, the best yeah. person ever. Yeah. 
yeah, no, well, that's just football fans for you. Um, no, of course. Yeah, so, I mean, last night there ain't really a massive amount to say because I just felt for the whole team of players who went out there, um, it just looked really painful. I do want to single out a couple of people, though. Uh, Giovanni Lo is phenomenal. Yeah, I am amazing. so happy we've made that deal permanent. Because when we first signed him, he was unknown. He got that injury, and then we were seeing these little bits. It was kind of like, oh god, that's another massive amount of money that we've spent, and a player that ain't ever going to do anything. Every game he plays now, he is one of our best performers, and I, I, I was so impressed with him again last I know night. This, so yeah, impressed. I know you said this last week, and it seems to be a, a sort of the buzzwords that I'm hearing a lot at the moment, but. Green shoots, it is a huge one, massive, yeah, massive positive. And um, uh, I'll tell you who I thought was probably our best player last night, and for me, would have got out of the match is Davinson Sanchez. And he has got so much stick this season and a little bit last season. I feel like he has upped his game, like he almost like all the talk of. Ah, oh, here's this twenty-year-old academy player, and he's playing better than our forty million pounds signing. Mm. It almost feels like <laughs> he's gone. Like, wait a minute, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I'm the international here. I'm the the future of this defence. Don't you bloody forget it. He was brilliant. Um, he won anything that came near him in the air. He was strong. He didn't do the thing that he did so often, where he flies in. He stood up. He made people have to try and beat him, which is one of the failings he's had as a younger defender, which is where he's gone like barreling in, look how strong I am, and he'll give away a free kick or they'll turn him. Nope, stood off him, stood up and was like, you've got to get round me, and I'm a brick wall, mate. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's a little bit of coaching It's obviously gone on there because that is a definite difference I've noticed in the last couple of games. Definite difference. And if that sticks, we've got ourselves a really good defender again. That yeah. that kind of promise we all saw when we first signed him and then all got a little bit nervous about the back end of last year into this year. Uh, yeah, if he can maintain this level, oh, phenomenal. Dead happy. He's, he's still very young as well, isn't he? 23. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, 23, 24. He's, for a central defender, we got you know, eight eight years or <laughs> so, you know, six to eight years of him at his absolute peak. Um, so yeah, injuries you know, injuries provided. He was great. Um Undombele came on with Lamella and they both did really well. Um talking about green shoots, you know, uh Jose seems to want us to play a four three three. The idea of Winks in the middle of the Chelsea and Undombele is quite a mouth-watering prospect for me yeah. i got to be honest yeah. with you I I love that <laughs> a lot um, I, I think that that uh, you, you've just got to look at that and think wow what a uh, just from a creative point of view uh, but also you know Lo Celso and Undumbelli both have that amazing ability to always move forward so like they can pick up the ball with like their back to to the defender and then manage to roll them, turn them, and bring the ball forward. And you add that to Winks's kind of discipline of you know making himself available, you know covering across the space, and just generally that kind of keeping the momentum, keeping the tempo going by constantly moving the ball. Oh, 
it is mouth-watering. It is a really, you know, green shoots. That is really something that I'd love to see. Yeah, you think next season, you know, we'd have Kane back to full fitness, Sonny back or to full fitness. Or a son, yeah. Yeah, two or three new signings, you know, a couple of decent left or right backs. Then, yeah, I mean, the future can be bright for us, can not it? It can, it can. And the, the key is, though, is this season. I mean, the key is because if we can somehow fight our way into the Champions League again for next season not only does that aid in recruitment from a point of view of signing the players because you've got that to offer them it also helps financially massively yeah, you know our earnings in the Champions League are anywhere between 30 and 80 million a season you know when you're in the Europa League you're lucky to get to 20 mm. even if you win the thing mm. So that's the difference. That is the big, big difference. And um, if we can somehow get there, then then that would be phenomenal. And to get there, of course, we have to win some big games. And I don't think it comes much bigger than this weekend. Nope. <laughs> um, us and Chelsea, literally winners, winners are fourth. Uh, mm-hmm. Chelsea are there at the moment. They're a point ahead of us. Um, we can win it, go two points clear of them, or they can win it and be four points clear of us. Um, yes, there's a lot of talk about fifth place possibly being a Champions League spot because of the Man City situation. Personally, I'm not going to count on that or think about that, and I don't think anybody should, certainly not the players. I when think, you, yeah. yeah, The target needs to be top four, get into that top four. Um, uh, you know, Whoever finishes fifth, good luck to them. But let's get to yeah. four. I was going to say, when you're as wealthy as Man City, you can buy any, you can pay for any lawyer you like. So yeah. you know the chances are they're going to, they, at minimum, it will go. You know they'll get it suspended or it'll be an appeal or something. So yeah, I'm not even thinking about fifth place. It's not, it's not even no. crossing my mind. No, when it comes to UEFA as well, so frigging corrupt. I, mm. uh, I'm sure they'll invest in new sports cars for all the members. Um, but no, I, I don't know. I, I can't stand it. But you've got to remember as well, Man City are under investigation by the Premier League as well. So UEFA have found them guilty for what the Premier League are currently investigating them for. Right. So in theory, if the Premier League find them guilty as well, then they'll have point deduction. They they could even be relegated. The, pun- the punishment... Well, the punishment should be relegation. I don't think that'll ever happen. No. But I do think there could be a point deduction. And in theory as well, if it's proven that they were cheating over a number of years, which is what UEFA have said, then they can strip their titles from them, which, again, I don't see happening. But they could. <laughs> it's, it's not going to be a, a, a Saracens-level punishment, I don't think. No, no, no. 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 Rugby has a bit more of a kind of harder line... Um, Basically, rugby looks at itself and doesn't want to become football. Mm. So whenever anyone steps out, like they had that thing with the blood capsules a few years ago, they they hammered people over that. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> you know, people were like banned for life over it. Um, but the last thing I want to touch on, mate, because obviously the Chelsea game's massive. It doesn't need any build up from me and you. Um, we'll talk about what happens next week when we record. And I just got everything crossed. We can somehow get a result and put in a performance because we didn't perform against them in the last game you know we, we we didn't show up so I just hope against hope that Jose can get this siege mentality like you said and the team can just pull off something because it would be just such a massive lift for everybody the club the fans 
into the top four would just be huge. Um, yeah, absolutely. Because then once you're up there, it's about staying there. You know, the, the, you know, you can do it, but I don't know. It's it's such a such a long way to go. Um, so yeah, now the last thing I want to touch on is I want to talk about Troy Parrott because a lot of people obviously pointing out that with Sonny injured as well, why the hell isn't Troy Parrott being involved? It's a really, really valid question. And one which, to be quite honest with you, I myself was kind of like, this is madness. <laughs> He's gone from training with the first team constantly, making the bench to just training with the first team. You know, we got no striker option. Where the hell is he? Um, it is all rumour. But the rumour is that him and Jose Mourinho have had a very serious talk about his off-field behaviour. Um, uh, some people listening to this will possibly have seen the videos that went viral with him uh, being a typical teenager celebrating his 18th birthday. Uh, but of course, being a professional footballer, you need to be a little bit more careful than what gets put online. Um, and also, there's a lot of stuff about you know in the in the Irish Sun, for example, there's full page spreads about him going to Dubai with one of Ireland's leading drug dealing families and stuff like that. So there has apparently been some conversations and he is not training with the first team at the moment. There is nothing official. The club have only said that he's doing additional training and stuff like that, which he has been like Undombele has been. Um, but yeah, in the pre-match build up to Leipzig, there were a lot of youth players out there. Troy wasn't one of them. So, keep your eye out for the next under 23 team that gets named and see if he's in that because if it is true and he is he's had a bit of a internal punishment let's say for for some antics then i expect him to have been busted back down to the under 23 setup and he'll have to work his way back um but yeah that that is the rumor and it seems to kind of answer a question a lot of us have had um you know jose simply telling press conferences he's not ready seemed very strange mm. um and this would make a little bit more sense and would also cover why he's saying he's not ready because you know he's not ready covers a multitude of sins you know yeah, he's course. not ready mentally because <laughs> clearly he doesn't quite understand what being a professional needs to be yet um but hell mate 18 years old I, I think the vast majority of us did some stupid stuff um, it's what happens next because Marcus Edwards is the recent example that a lot of fans will use to a player with the world at their feet and then not capitalising on it for one reason or another uh, I think what happens next with Troy is he works, he scores and he gets himself back to where he should be Absolutely. You, you wonder as well, you know, we were talking about earlier about Harry Kane and his attitude, whether yeah. Harry's hopefully having some kind of influence in, over him because that would, I think, be Mentoring, a massive yeah. thing. Yeah. 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 It's, it's got to be, but I, I do think, that, and it is a terrible amount of pressure on teenagers, and it really is. Um, like, for example, uh, just, just from our own lives, everybody listening to this can probably think of stuff they did 16, 17, 18 years old 
which if it was in the public domain and you were some sort of celebrity, you'd have been strung up for it, you know? Yeah, of <laughs> I, course. I can probably think of a whole podcast worth of stories for me, to be honest with you. And these young footballers are in that, you know, they are in that public domain. And like you said earlier on about this kind of society we now live in where those youngsters are filming everything, everything they do goes online. I, I think perhaps the conversation at the club needs to be along the lines of, yeah, you went out in Dubai, yeah, you were out with your friends and everything, and you were drinking, and you were on your time off, you know, that's allowed. But <laughs> don't live stream, you know, getting your cock out and sticking it on your mate's face. <laughs> And it worries us that we had to tell you that. <laughs> you yeah, know? exactly. Um, yeah, and and that's that's the that's the thing because you have to be professional. If you're going to sign a professional terms contract, you got to act like a bloody professional, and that isn't doing that, is it? No, exactly. Yeah, yeah. but um, okay. So that's everything. I covered everything. Um, going into Chelsea, I'm nervous. Yeah, me too, mate. I mean. It, it feels a little bit like how it used to feel a few yeah. years back going to Stamford Bridge. But waiting for the walloping. You never know. I mean, look, like you, like you said, you know, with Mourinho might go there with a, with a siege mentality and he's obviously going to, you know, if you're going to take any manager there against Chelsea uh, who's going to want to want to get one over them, it's going to be Mourinho, isn't it? Because it is. You, you, you know, he's won so much there. He's a, he's written into Chelsea folk, folklore. So he wants to go there and show he's still he's still the man. You know, so very much so. It's gonna be interesting what sort of reception he gets. Yeah, yeah. I don't. Again, I don't think he'd care. But no, uh, you know, he was there two ten years, won them countless trophies. Exactly. You'd like to think, well, you know, polite applause and then get on with the game. But mm. Mm, we'll mm. see. We'll see. Yeah. Chelsea fans aren't the best. Uh, but mate, I mean that's it for another week. We'll be back next week to talk about our incredible victory over Chelsea. <laughs> I hope, <laughs> and or crushing defeat. <laughs> but until then, you take care. Yeah, take care, mate. Thank you for listening to the Spurs News podcast. Be sure to join over 50,000 other Spurs fans on our Facebook page at Spurs News. Until next time, come on, you Spurs! And remember, to dare is to do.